the Liberty Meat Solutions podcast is all about food freedom and finding ways to provide to you and your family outside of the system, how to raise and process your own meat and not rely on others to do so. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you enjoy. Well, hello there. Hey, and welcome to the Renegade Butcher Show. I need to change that little uh, intro video, I guess. I need to update it and do something a little bit different. But thanks for tuning in. Um, decided to uh, shake some shit up a little bit. And I uh, talked about that on Wednesday, rebranding this to the old Renegade Butcher Podcast instead of just Liberty Meat Solutions. Still going to be about meat. Still going to be about solutions. Still going to be about liberty. But it's also going to be about me and whatever I want to rant about. So I feel like I'll do a better job of putting out content and being maybe more frequent with it. And with uh, the busy season for me coming up here, having a little bit of freedom on it is going to help, I hope. We'll see. But either way, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining. You can check us out at uh, still all the live stream stuff is going to be at uh, live.libertymeat.solutions. And you can find all the Renegade Butcher stuff at renegadebutcher.com. Uh, it may throw up a security thing. If you do go there, I'm working on the SSL on the website, uh, so the security tag type deal. If you go to it, HTTP instead of HTTPS, you shouldn't have an issue. But either way, it's not trying to hack your stuff. It's just one of those security ticket needs updated, and it's being goofy. So hopefully I'll have that addressed here in the near future. Um, anyways, though, that's where you can find a lot of the cool Food Freedom merch, like this uh, T-shirt I'm wearing here. You may have seen a bit. Uh, I'm always hawking this thing, but we've got a bunch of other stuff there. We also have that seasoning project that I am still trying to get launched, and hopefully we'll get a little more uh, traction on that as I have some time to really play with some more seasoning stuff and, and really dig into it during deer season and hopefully get it launched and ready to roll so that I can even sell that retail directly right there from the deer shop. Um, I also am working with uh, a uh, custom air roast coffee company that uh, I use, as some of you may know who. But uh, we may be actually working on a custom Renegade blend or two of, you know. Oh, Rachel down there, it says, that's what she said. I'm not sure what she was referring to, but it could be anything. So I should open up the YouTube comments over here just so I can see in case anything there comes in. And I'll get the pop-ups from Telegram as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, there may be some coffee in the future here coming up. So that will be... Uh, pretty interesting little deal there and uh, I will hopefully be able to be selling some of that uh, directly as well if I can kind of work everything out uh, be kind of my my little picks for my favorite morning brews if uh, you're interested in that and that would be uh, shipped out uh, I think we could probably manage it any other time but uh, if you really want in on it we get coffee every month on the 15th that's uh, I know a guy so anyway uh, Enough about that, though. So today I decided that I wanted to kind of branch off of the normal what I do or what I plan to do. And yes, I said it's going to be a quickie. That's what she said. OK, yeah, because I posted in the Telegram. I said going live for uh, in a few minutes here for a quickie. It's going to be a quick one. Um, who knows? It may not be a quick one, but I'm not planning on taking forever and rambling on every little thing in the world. Um We'll get to some of those other little rambly things and where you can find out about them here in a bit. But I wanted to get a little bit philosophical and different today, and I'm going to do that. But speaking of Rachel Brown over there in the comments, uh, one of the things she was commenting on and asking the other day when I said, hey, what would you guys like to see on the show? Um, 
actually. It's meat related and meat processing related. So I wanted to touch on that a bit. Uh, I can't really go into all of the details uh, because it's so situational, but I'll try to flesh it out a little bit here and hopefully shed a little light on it from my perspective and my experience and give you an idea somewhere to start looking and if more questions and stuff pop up from that. Great. And uh, maybe be some more future episodes too. Um, she had questioned. So when you're trying to learn to process your own meat, you're trying to be able to process meat yourself without having to deal with all of the statist junk, the mess, the red tape. Well, it's a hairy situation. It does depend a lot on each individual states. Uh, rules and laws, and it depends on what you're processing. Uh, in a lot of states, poultry and rabbits fall under an entirely different sort of window, uh, I guess umbrella, than uh, your regular larger beef animals. Probably because they know they can't oversee all of that. You can't oversee every chicken process in somebody's backyard. They would love to. Trust me, they would love to. But they know they can't. So there's usually some sort of exceptions for minimal inspection, or direct from farm sales or something when it comes to the small poultry like that. And you'll have to check on your state rules where it comes down to that. Uh, Brian over at the Lots Project, we, we kind of talked about that a lot when I interviewed on his podcast, all the stuff he went through in Minnesota and how it's just so different. Down here in Texas, if you do less than, I think, 10000 a year, you can get a permit to sell directly from farm, but you still got to do all the labeling bullshit and whatnot and everything. And that's it's all if you want to sell on the up and up and you know do everything to satisfy the state now i'll tell you from my perspective here in texas and with larger animals it's pretty close most other places uh because it's based on usda standards which they kind they generally at the state level try to comply with the usda standards and enforce just a bit above it maybe just so they can keep their federal funding because most of the time most states uh, the majority of your enforcement isn't done by the feds. It's done by the state health officials. They kind of just contract for the federal government to do the inspection and everything. Um, so your base level of inspection, uh, if you are processing, is what they will call custom exempt, where you're processing a whole animal or partial animals for the owner. Uh, they own that animal, and that means going back to the parties that own that. So half quarter cows and things like that that's all kosher as long well not i shouldn't use that term when i'm talking about that it gets confusing it's a whole other ball game but it's all on the up and up with that as long as they owned that portion of the animal before the time of slaughter probably be advisable to have something on paper to kind of prove that but you know a lot of people don't um beyond that usually there is a state inspected level that's like inspected for uh, retail resale, basically. Um, here in Texas, you have Texas state inspection level, which means that now you can all, you've gone through all the labeling and the bullshit, and you can label these individual cuts for sale at like a farmer's market directly without them having to own the beef before you can sell that to other people. And USDA full inspection is basically the same thing. It's just another fucking form and it's signed off, sent into the federal government. It's actually easier to get once, if you have the Texas State Inspection, you pretty much are a shoe-in for the USDA, and you're just dumb if you don't get it, because that allows you to sell across state lines. Uh, now, in that process, you got an inspector has to be there for the entire slaughter. Inspect facilities, is there for the whole slaughter, regulates the whole slaughter, 
documents. You have to document. Basically, they you have to sign off and say, I did all this stuff. The inspector says, yes, they did this stuff. If you didn't, if something was missed, if they see something you didn't, it goes in a federal record that you fucked up. It's a whole mess. It's a lot of headache. It's a lot of paperwork. And it takes you about three times longer to get an animal done. Uh, so a lot of processors on the small side will shy away from even doing it because it's just not even financially worth it by the time you get into it. So, uh, and then on top of that, on the slaughter side, they've got to be there for the whole thing. If you're only processing that day, like you've got hanging carcasses and they're already been slaughtered under, you know, full inspection, they just have to show up and approve the cleanliness of the facilities and sign off it for that day. And they may stick around. They can't stick around. You can't tell them they can't stick around. But a lot of times they'll just be like, all right, we got other places to go. Peace out. You guys can go ahead and work. And you can't even put your equipment together. It just has to be laid out for them to inspect, sanitize, and all that fun stuff. Custom exempt, you kind of held to a similar set of standards, but it's it's not as much headache. And you probably see your inspector, unless they have a reason to show up, you probably see your inspector about four times a year. Uh, but all of this still requires you to have a fully state-approved facility to do all this. Now, the only way legally, totally legally on the up and up in the state of Texas that you can get away with not having any level of federal inspection, state inspection, pretty much any inspection, is if you are operating under what's called the personal use exemption. Uh, the personal use exemption means that that meant, let me think see if I can get this exactly right, uh, that the meat is meant for the consumption of only you, your family, and unpaid guests. So the owner of the animal, that's it. And the stipulation being that meat, from the time you do what you're doing, it needs to be slaughtered on your property where you live. You actually have to abide on the property and it can't be moved. You can't kill it and then take it somewhere else and get it processed or take it down the road to your buddies and hang it in their cooler. You know, not legally now there is also no law that says that only one person or one party can own that animal so if you've got four people that want to go in on one as long as that slaughter and the processing and everything happens only there on the property of a owner and that meat is only going to those direct owners my understanding my current understanding is that that's still okay now I started a whole business and was operating that way, contracting four people, helping them do their own meat. It doesn't say anywhere in the uh, regulations that you can't contract that out and have somebody else do it. You know, I wasn't taking anybody's meat. You know, I wasn't partaking in it. I was just doing the work and being paid for it. Well, the state of Texas finally decided to show up after a competitor launched a complaint to, you know, I posted a social media post and I had, uh, a goat hanging from a rig on the back of my, my van. And they saw that fit as a cause to be able to come and inspect whether I was running an unlicensed mobile processing unit. I wasn't. The meat was still there. It was all on property. It was just a lot easier to skin on the back of the van. However, they made it very clear at that point that despite my interpretation of the rules, which I had printed in black and white and highlighted that particular section, that they understood that that's what I was going to say and that that's how I was operating, but that's not what we're going to enforce. And if you're doing this, you're advertising, you're taking money, you're running a business. So we want, we require you to be licensed if you're going to continue to do this. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't say anywhere, anywhere in that right there that you can't have a third party do it. 
And he's like, well, you welcome to agree on that all you want. And we can take it before a judge. But I'm telling you right now, I am not seeing a dead animal here right now. I haven't witnessed the slaughter, but the first offense, uh, illegal slaughter, which is what we will charge you with, if we catch you again, is $5,000 offense. And from there it goes up and you're a couple steps away from a felony and some prison time. So tread lightly kind of thing. The guy did take the time to sit for about three or four hours and let me pick his brain on some of the ins and outs on things and everything. He's a pretty cool guy. And he, he walked through the facility that we were working at and checked everything out. And he's like, honestly, half of your shit's cleaner than most of the plants I've been in. Your labels that you're using are probably more in compliance than half of the places. So he liked what we were doing. He's like, honestly, you guys need to get this, you know, check all these boxes and whatever. And it's was way too much red tape. And we may still go down that route with uh, those particular folks that uh, I do a lot of work with. Uh, I do my deer processing in the same place. So we built a little bitty shop up basically there. And uh, we're just using it now for, uh, uh, pardon me, my screensaver coming on, uh, for the uh, wild game side because we got a convenient spot. But uh, hopefully we'll get something else going that uh, if they want to get involved with the whole state inspection side of things, that's that's fine. I'm not super keen on it, but I want to go more of a mobile route. Uh, which opened some other doors, but I would be still dealing with some level of state inspection since I'm trying to do it on a commercial level. However, the question being on the what sort of, as Jack Spearcoat Survival Podcast likes to call it, status jujitsu, what level or what ways can we kind of find loopholes? Well, the personal use exemption is probably your biggest loophole there. The literally says the state does not have the authority to inspect at all if you are doing it yourself. And I've had a lot of long conversations on the phone with several inspectors, some of them like the boss's boss inspectors to kind of pick their brain on what I could do with the mobile side of things in the future. But also, hey, here's what I am doing. Tell me I can't. They weren't particularly keen on it, but they couldn't tell me I can't. Uh, And that's consulting for people who want to use the personal use exemption and process it themselves. I can't legally in the state of Texas come to you and process your animal for you. I can show up and guide you through the process and teach you how to do it the right way as long as you're doing the work and I can rent equipment to you. That's two different things. I can rent equipment to you. They're like, well, be careful with your liability. I'm like, we're not talking about insurance or anything like that. You guys don't regulate that. That's not what, that's not the question. You know, like do that little sidestep thing. So, you know, if I show up with a grinder and a vacuum sealer and some knives, some equipment, some tables, I bring everything you need to get this stuff processed, and I show up with a skill that I'm here to teach, as long as you're willing to get involved and actually learn how to do this yourself, I don't need a license to be a teacher in the state of Texas. So that is one example. Now, I'm not going to tell you go out and do exactly what I'm doing. Do your homework and know in your state and in your region what is and what isn't, you know, and there are some other loopholes people are exploring out there. There's a lot of people doing private membership clubs and food churches and things like that. I haven't explored any of those options enough to really know long-term how viable they can be. Um, I, I'm very interested in seeing how it works for a lot of people. Um, I do know though that it, anytime you advertise something like that, you do paint a huge target on you. And if they can't find a way that it's illegal now, my gut feeling and my looking at history and seeing what the state has done routinely over and over 
they'll find a way to make it illegal and they'll bust your ass. So just be careful. If you are too prevalent and too out there with something that you find that is a marginal loophole that's in this gray area, you talk too loud, someone's going to find a way. If they don't, if you're doing something that they don't like openly, expect things to change up on you. So be ready to pivot too. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't try to do all of one thing. You're asking for trouble if you do that. You really are. Um, and hey, I sort of even ended up in that ball game. Thankfully, I've been able to pivot a little bit, but I'll tell you what, it's been rough on me. And this summer with the drought really threw me for a loop. A lot of stuff that would have been processed at home that people needed help with just didn't. People couldn't feed it. People couldn't water it. So you've always got to be ready to deal with stuff like that. Don't go to prison, folks. But, you know, we're all here to learn. Hopefully I'm here to teach. And the other thing is I'm, I've been doing a little bit of like remote consulting too, where people have questions. If they just really want to pick my brain on something, they want to call me up and say like, I want two hours on the phone with you, man. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That's something I can do. So, and then on the other side of it, wild game processing, that varies by state. Every state does it a little bit different here in Texas. It's almost completely uh, and totally overseen by the game wardens by uh, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. And they are a lot less focused on the facility itself and all the, you know, health department paperwork and, and bullshit. They want you to keep yourself hygienic. Obviously, if you're keeping rotten meat, somebody's going to come in and bust your shit. If you're doing your shit on the up and up, the main thing they're worried about is you're not catering to poachers, that you're keeping track of tags, that you've got your records straight. And it's your easy record. It's like a really simple little book. I just got to take the deer tag. Write down name and address, staple of shit, keep it for a year. That's really all there is to it. And do good work. You know, I've got to use uh, inspected meat. Like uh, if I add meat to it, like, you know, pork butts or something like that, it's got to be from USDA inspected source. But I'm buying stuff in bulk anyway, so I'm usually getting full cases. And that works pretty well. I'm about to be gearing up to doing a bunch of that. Uh, I do a couple hundred, 100 to 200, depending on the season, uh, deer, deer, wild hogs, kind of animals uh, over about a three month uh, period. A lot of it's smoked sausage too, uh, value added products, marinated fajitas and things like that. So that's, it's a lot of extra work, but that there's a lot more money in that too. You know, I honestly probably make more money off of uh, a really good deer with the, a high sausage order than I do on a lot of beef. So it's a big time for me. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of work too. So if I, if you don't see me much coming up here in the next few months, you probably do know why, but you should be seeing more of me. I'm trying to keep a schedule of some other things coming up. Um, on that note, while I'm thinking about it, uh, Brian Alexevich over at the Lots Project and I are launching a, uh, a new little joint podcast that we're going to try to do. We're going to try to keep up with doing one short episode a week. Um, if you might already see me, it usually streams on this channel. You might see me on the UTG after party. Uh, on Wednesday nights at uh, 6 p.m. Central. Shortly before then, we haven't nailed down an exact time. I think we're going to do probably a half-hour episode somewhere in that hour before it, since we'll already kind of be set up and ready to stream. If you notice, I'm always streaming from the car. My internet is terrible at the house. I cannot keep a dedicated, like, clean connection no matter what I do. I've tried. I've had multiple interviews, and I always cut out somehow. So I generally go somewhere where I can get decent public Wi-Fi, and I know I'm going to be able to produce a decent show. So since I'm already doing the after party, it's already in my schedule. It's already planned out. We're going to do the Lightning for Liberty podcast right before then. And that's where Brian and I are going to sit down as two just kind of regular Joes 
and talk to you about Bitcoin Lightning because that's a new thing that both of us have kind of gotten into. We're both really excited about it. It's really freaking cool. I've been diving into the tech side a little bit more because I've got that nerdy background, despite being the butcher. But uh, it's one of those we are we're marveling at how easy and quick and simple this stuff is becoming for the average person to be able to send small amounts or even larger amounts for next to nothing like that. Like Bitcoin used to be slow and clunky and everything. And this changes all that makes it way more secure. There's a, I could go on and I'll we'll do a whole podcast on it, but super easy. And we think that's really how a lot of the future finance is going to go working on this network. So there's a lot of cool new shit coming out in it. If you're in a telegram chat, which you should be, uh, you can go to the Liberty meat chat t.me slash Liberty meat chat. Um, and you can go over there to uh, lightning for Liberty too. It's a t.me slash lightning Liberty. And go over to Brian at the Lots Projects, too. It's the same. It's the Lots Project right after that Telegram. Of all of these groups, we've got Telegram TipBot in there, which runs on Bitcoin Lightning. And if somebody says something cool, you can just fucking send each other some Satoshis, which are little tiny fractions of a Bitcoin, uh, value for value. In fact, if you look down in the notes down here on YouTube or on the audio side, if you're listening to this, there's a link. Uh, to a site, it's uh, ittybitty.tips, and usually you'll see an extension. Uh, it should be uh, Renegade Butcher. So, uh, dot ittybitty.tips, and uh, that takes you to a custom tipping link specifically for me. But I set it up so y'all can have a free one if you want to do it yourself too. And you just punch in your information from a Lightning wallet, and boom, you can post that link anywhere, even YouTube. They haven't figured out how to block it out yet. Found the workaround that's easy enough to use, so you can just click, boom, there we go gives you all the options you can tip me from cash app the fact that we can do shit like that is becoming so cool we decided to actually talk about it so we're going to do a little podcast we're going to chat back and forth about it talk about how it applies to normal people like and content creators and people who have a website and maybe you want to be able to accept this as a payment platform things like that actual real world uses and we'll probably bring on some guests and stuff for some bonus episodes some longer talks and stuff later on, too. We're still working that out. We've been talking about it for a while. Decided to finally get it going. Now, he's got a little bit more free time since everything's kind of transitioning with him. And I need to find a time to just work it in and get it scheduled or it's not going to happen. So that'll be coming up here on Wednesday as well. Um, now, on to the other side of things, since I wanted to get all kind of philosophical or whatnot. I'm in all these different Telegram groups and chats and watch all these other podcasts that I've Thankfully, I've kind of ran into this circle of really awesome content creators and uh, that have become a bunch of uh, really good friends, actually, uh, surprisingly. people, A lot of people I've listened to for years before I ever met any of them. Uh, and then uh, folks that I've, I, I never knew until I kind of got into that circle and uh, welcomed me with open arms. And, you know, I've learned a ton. And some of these people are just really, really insightful and inspiring and encouraging. Uh, great great group of people to be around especially when sometimes you just get in your own head and get stuck and shit hell even some of the people who are mostly just uh members of the audience uh, like like i've mentioned rachel brown a couple times over here she's in the chat well there's been times she's just out of nowhere what the hell you got going on where's your content what, what are you doing you know sometimes you need that little kick in the ass and that's really good about this whole community so like i said that liberty meet chat great spot for it uh toolman tim his group over there brian's group the lots project scrambling university that group there's so many great groups and all of them have these awesome community communities that form 
and we all support each other. And I got to thinking, oh, and uh, I can't forget uh, one of the newer additions to the after party, uh, Jackie Kerouac over at uh, uh, Road to Autonomy as a, a whole uh, basically easing uh, magazine on the Internet about being autonomous and, you know, however you want to call it. Some people call it anarchist, volunteerist, whatever. Being your own self, following your own lead, not being a slave to anybody's system or whatnot, finding that in your own life. I'm fucking all about that. You hadn't noticed with the whole lightning for liberty, liberty meat chat, fucking renegade butcher. Yeah, fuck, fuck all of the systems, not just our system and the system we're in now, but all of this control that is being put on us. These boxes that we get put into. I was talking a little bit on my last episode about that, why I decided to switch this up. Uh, because look at the world we're in, you know, live your life the way you want. Do what you want to do. Call yourself whatever you want. But it's hard to not look at the shit that's going on where everybody has to give you their pronouns and identify who I am and da, 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 da. And we've all got to slap labels on ourselves. All got to break everything down and put ourselves in little boxes all the time, it seems like. And in that seeking to find who you are, to define who you are. It's like people forget that they are a person, not a label. It's so easy. It's a trap in a way. I identify as this, like you're trying to tell someone who you are, but in doing so, you're separating yourself from everyone else. People isolate themselves and they see in these circles of like volunteerist, anarchist, um, autonomists, I, I could go on and on. And they break them down into subcategories, you know, and that's great if you're using it to describe yourself or to better connect with other people. But I see so much of it being used to divide, to separate. I don't like such and such, whatever, blah, blah, blah label. And you'll never know that person, meet that person, talk to them or think of them as a real human as soon as you slap that label on them. I don't like you because you checked that box. I don't like you because you're Republican. I don't like you because you're Democrat. It's the same thing. I don't like you because you're black. I don't like you because you're white. Somebody's probably going to stitch that and get me fucking canceled. Fucking fuck you, cancel me. Uh, but take it in context. Any way that you look at somebody and you label them and then immediately dislike them because of that label, not only are you a dumbass and a shitty person, but you're limiting yourself. You are closing your own eyes and putting on the blinders. And saying, nope, nope, nope. We very much all should, as people, be able to judge who we spend our time with and who we do and don't want in our lives. But we need to base those things on real concrete things like people's actual actions that they've demonstrated. The actual words that they use. The way they treat other people. The way they treat us. That matters. Whatever I want to call myself today shouldn't fucking matter. And I know that a lot of people are well-intentioned with all these labels, and that's the idea behind it, but it gets twisted. I mean, it's just like I was mentioned when I was talking about this in uh, over in the RTA chat. It's like, it's like a gun. It's like a tool. It's like anything. It could be used for good or evil. And I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I just want to caution people to think about it a little bit. Are you using that tool and those labels in a constructive way, for the right way? And I think we've all, we all probably do it both ways. We probably do it for a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And the bad's not really for our benefit, you know? 
So it's just some something to think about. But the main idea there is seeing all these people, meeting all these people, going to some of these events. Like I went to Float Fest the last two years, and I, I for years I've listened to people like Jack Spearco and some of these you know, Loose to Goose podcasts, all these other podcasts and these creators talking about some of these events where you go and you show up and there's like-minded people who are into, you know, homesteading, um, you know, independent thinking, you know, this whole circle. You show up to these events and you just, you don't understand the dynamic that goes on until you've been to one. You don't, you don't really know that feeling of when, when you get there, that community, you know, it's, it, you can't really describe it with words. And, you know, like that's probably true. Kind of sounds like a really great way to sell tickets, you know, and not, not, I always wanted to go to something like that. Just, you know, all the excuses. I'm really good at that. Really good at making excuses. We all are in our own ways. So finally one became convenient enough and the timing was just, just about right. And I was like, look, I'm going to go see what I can barter with some of these goofy crypto nerds and anarchists out in the middle of nowhere and see what happens. What not? If it sucks, I'll go home. And I had a riot. It was awesome. I ended up cooking out for everybody. Uh, it was fucking met a bunch of cool fucking people, uh, hung out, had a good old time, made some fucking lifelong friends and completely changed my perspective on a lot of shit because it's just, it's eye-opening in a way that you're seeing these other people and connecting with them in their own. Yes, Rachel, labels are overrated. Um, they're useful, but only if you use them right. But yeah, con that connection was just something, and as soon as you leave, I mean, the last day of the first year I ever went, the last day was almost like going to a funeral. It was like mourning. It sounds terrible, but no, it was so awesome and so freeing to be around all of these people who actually think like this and who they're, they're, I'd say awake because people want to use the whole woke term and all this shit, but they're not just zombies want running around, you know, living their lives and pretending like everything's fucking okay in the world right now. You know? Yeah. There's a mix of a bunch of goofballs. There's some conspiracy theorists. There's some people that are out there, but there's people who think for themselves. There's people who are out there doing, building, growing, creating, being independent and all the things that I'm interested in and they're actually involved in doing it. And I'm not just some crazy nut that gets looked at sideways by most people that I actually know personally, like this guy, it's a real deal. And so having that community that being able to actually communicate that and talk about that real time with somebody who's kind of on that page with you, there's no, there's no word to describe it. You can't, Really, unless you have experienced something like that. And that can go across any different sort of like sect. It's not just freedom type festivals and things like that. It's anywhere. But you find a tribe. You find that community. Humans are tribal creatures. We are social beings. We are not made to be isolated and alone. We need connection for our, our not only survival, because we can't do everything. Nobody can do everything. You cannot provide everything for yourself without somehow exploiting someone else. There's just no way. It's impossible. Uh, maybe if you live butt naked alone in an equatorial country and you live on banana trees, you can manage to make it. I don't know. Probably not. It's kind of be a rough life. Now, let's assume everybody leaves you to fuck alone on the des deserted island where you got plenty of food. What are you going to do? You're going to go fucking batshit crazy is what you're going to do. 
You're going to lose your mind. You're going to suffer from exactly what everybody around here today, look at the world. What is the biggest mental health issue that people are facing? Anxiety, depression. We can name a fuck ton of others. And there's not at all downplaying that those are real issues at all. I mean, I've had my share, fair share of uh, days where I'm just like, why do I do this? I think we all have. I mean, if we're all being honest with ourselves. But what's it come back to? Yeah, there's some shitty crap that happens to people in their lives. And there's some very real reasons for some people to end up in some dark places. But what it comes down to mostly is people don't have meaningful connections in their lives. We are all so isolated. And if you look at the way everything around us in our modern world is is driving us, it's pushing us apart. You vote for these people because those people are bad. Vote for these people because those ones are bad. Yeah. Look at the news. Please don't. But I mean, if, if you if you look at the news, shut off your fear for a moment and see what they're doing. There's always someone that's the boogeyman. There's always some new scare. This disease is going to come and destroy you. You know, uh, evil monkeys are going to fly out of other monkeys' asses and, and come attack you in your sleep or something. It's ridiculous the level of shit to come up with. If you step back rationally and look at stuff, most of it's bullshit. Politics, religion, money, healthcare, I could go on and on. They're all forcing us to divide ourselves and fear other people. People sit at home alone in a city surrounded by neighbors that, that there's probably 20 of them in a square block in a not super crowded area. Most of them have never met their neighbors. They may hate them, but most of them don't have that connection. And you know what? I got neighbors I don't want to meet or deal with either. But we're living in 2022. We have this wonderful thing y'all are watching or listening to me on right now, the internet. There is connections out there. There are people like you. If you're watching this podcast still, you probably will get along really well with a lot of these people in these telegram groups I've talked about. Check it out. But find your tribe. Find your people. And now you may not get along with everybody. Hell, I was having that discussion earlier with someone that, uh, you know, I all these people are fucking awesome, but there's just one person that just gets under your skin, you know. Yeah, we're all going to find that here and there. And maybe that one person is really good at one thing, and that's that resource that you're like, okay, they're the ones I go to, but I may not necessarily like them in this context. And that's okay. You're going to have that. Every village has got an idiot, <laughs> you know? But seriously, though, it's some of the most uplifting community-related uh, connections I've found in my life. I'm not saying that's that for you. But you need to find that in your life. No, I'm not telling you that it's going to cure your depression and anxiety. Here's, I'm not giving you mental health advice. But I am saying it sure as fuck is not helping anybody who is struggling right now if you don't have that meaningful connection in your life. And it's amazing how much impact that can have on your outlook and just your drive and desire to go and do, to be able to go and do things and better yourself. You have to have a why for the how. Think about that. 
humans are capable of amazing fucking things, of going out and doing crazy stuff. We have built insane monuments to our ingenuity all over this planet. We have both good and bad altered so much in the world around us. All because, I mean, the how's there. If, if you want to learn how to do something, open up fucking YouTube. Look it up. You could probably learn brain surgery if you really were dedicated enough. But why? If you don't have the why, you'll never put the how to work. You're not going to have a why if you don't have people in your life that give enough of a fuck to have your back. So go find your fucking tribe. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up on that, actually. And uh, I appreciate y'all chiming in. If you got any comments, thoughts, ideas on that, uh, pop on over into the Liberty Meat Chat or catch me in any other chats there on Telegram. Uh, Tell me what you think about it. I mean, if you disagree, great. Let's have a discussion about it. Uh, If you got something else you want to throw in, great. If you have some ideas uh, for another topic on the show, questions on anything I said, let me know. Uh, If you go, hey, fuck, you want to riff on this idea? Let me know. And then check me out on the other stuff we got going on. Check out that Lightning for Liberty. Uh, I pop on to uh, Old Scrambling University's uh, podcast every once in a while when I get a chance. I did today. And uh, check out the uh, UTG After Party. And there's a bunch of fucking cool creators there. And, yeah, I'll be seeing you around. And I think that's about uh, what we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, folks. So check it on out there again. Once I said, uh, once again, there's that itty-bitty.tips. You can go find all that information and see how you can get some really cool lightning tipping stuff figured out. In fact, I put a bunch of information up there, even if you don't want to use it. That'll kind of educate you on how to do some of the lightning tipping. Uh, Really tried to break it down and simplify some of that stuff. We're going to work on it more on this podcast coming up. Uh, Check out Lightning for Liberty. Check out renegadebutcher.com. And as always, like I said, you can catch all the live streams and stuff over at live.libertymeat.solutions. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Be free.